I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. All right. So good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Thank you for being here today. And once again, welcome to the Financially Clean um, seminar series that we will be hosting over the next eight weeks. I mean, over the next four weeks in conjunction with Financially Clean, there will be eight sessions, but not eight weeks. (laughs) So I just wanted to make that clarification. But um, overall, we are very happy to have you here in the midst. And um, we know that we have been sharing the fact that these will be centered around financial literacy and understanding credit budgeting and amongst many other um, topics. So if there is anything over the next couple of weeks that you are interested in, if you want to learn more about, definitely make note of it and be sure to just speak to your internship coordinator. You can reach out to us in the chat um, or just connect with any staff member um, in in hopes of getting in contact with us so that we can further have conversation about this Um, because there will be future opportunities as well. Um, So stay posted for those. Um, stay tuned. And um, Sean, uh, I'd love to introduce just some of our in, uh, some of our facilitators in regards to the Financially Clean team. So um, first up, I'd like to just introduce Mr. Sean Linda. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Um, Doing great. Good. Thank you all for, for joining us. And sorry about the delay. You know, we had a little technical difficulty, but I think we got everything straightened out. Um, yes, my name is Sean Linda. I'm the co-founder of Financially Clean. Hopefully, you guys were um, part of the, the um, Zoom chat we had a couple of weeks ago, just giving the intro of what the program is all about. And hopefully, you, you had your, your mind went running as to um, eager to learn this financial literacy stuff. Um, I'm also joining you with my um, partner in crime. I like to call him um, Mr. 850. If I didn't ask the question before, I'll ask it again. Why do we call him Mr. 850? Can anybody answer that question? Because it's credit score. What's what's about his, What's up with his credit score? He got an A fifty. What is that? Good, bad, in between? Great. Excellent. Right. Yeah. So for those that don't know, the credit score ranges three hundred being the worst, and eight hundred 
850 being the best. And Mr. 850, we, we call him Mr. Perfecto because he has a perfect credit score. I'll let him briefly introduce himself. Jeff, you there? Mr. E50, you there? He's on mute. Jeff, you got to unmute your phone, please. Okay, here we go. So again, let me thank uh, Good Shepherd for allowing me and Sean to come in and help out. Um, yes, um, I was able to get um, the perfect score due to a long history of making all payments on time and along with making sure I have a variety of types of of uh, debt in terms of car loans, home loans, um, lines of credit, along with credit cards. So all these loans, I you know, don't have them all now, but in the past, I've never missed a payment. And because of the balance of being married, having kids, all this compiles into their, their algorithm, my score has skyrocketed to, it can only go one way and, and that's down, but right now, it is um, a perfect score in terms of the way they do their algorithm. Go ahead, Sean. Right. Yeah, I also want to, you know, usually we, we've kind of, you know, we've been working with Good Shepherd maybe four years now, and they've been excellent in letting us just put together a curriculum and teach you guys financial literacy. But I really want to acknowledge this time, it was, I would say, it was a true um, partnership between Good Shepherd and Financially Clean. We really sat down, spent a lot of, had a lot of meetings, had a lot of hours to figure out you know, how we can even do better with this, how we can take this program, like we all said, what we said in our meetings, go into like deep dives and really give you guys even a more thorough, complete understanding of financial literacy. So I want to um, really just shout out my Good Shepherd teammates in making this project happen. Um, that would be uh, Nigel, Raymond, Rachel, Traquan, Alice, Naomi, I think Grizel is a name as well. Did I miss anybody? Joanne as well was a part of the process early on as well before she transitioned into her new role last year. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys. I mean, we really put a lot of energy and, and love into really building out this program. And I'm so proud of what we're going to be doing and where we're going to be taking it. So I can honestly say it was a, it was definitely a team effort. So I just want to thank you before we start teaching this class. All right. So with that being said, let's get into it. Nigel, let's put up the slides. Okay, so we're here for the next eight weeks, as Nigel mentioned, and really want you to understand um, financial literacy as being a component of your life, your lifestyle, the way you choose to live. And really, it's about doing the things that you want to do and being able to have the support, the financial support in order to do so. You know, I always say, me as an adult, sometimes we can be dream killers. And the goal of this show is not to convert you to an accountant, not to convert you to being a finance guy. If that's what you choose to be, then excellent. But it's really about helping you better achieve your life goals and understanding that everything you choose to do moving forward and currently there's a financial component of it. If you want to be a musician, there's a financial, there's a business financial component of it. If you want to be a doctor, lawyer, nurse, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to understand the business of that, the financial education, the financial literacy behind that in order to drive that idea, drive that business forward. Even if you say you hate math, you hate numbers, you still have to take a minute and understand the business of what you want to do. If you want to travel for the rest of your life, there's a business behind wanting to travel for the rest of your life. And you have, to, if you can understand, like I like to say, the variables or the formula or algorithm that can make that happen, then you will achieve that. But if you just go in and 
you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you're going in not knowing the financial makeup of that, then it's gonna, it, it, it will be challenging. You could be a, live a very frustrating life if you wanted to achieve something, but you really just didn't know how to get there. And part of this program is really letting the numbers drive you there so you understand what I need to get there, why I need to have good credit, how it will help me achieve my goals and give me that quality of life that I'm looking for. You know, I don't even want to sound taboo, but, you know, my, my coworker just asked me, he's like, you know, he just asked me today, believe it or not, he's like, Sean, do you think you could have achieved what you've achieved in any other country in the world? And, you know, it's a really tough question because, you know, I'm an immigrant. I was actually born in Canada and my family's from Barbados. I've been here for a little over 20 years. But the opportunities that America gives you are unbelievable if you take advantage of them. And, you know, sometimes we don't see it because we're living in it, especially in New York, especially in New York. I can't, I can't speak on the Midwest. I can't speak on being down south, but I can speak on being in New York. I mean, it's a network mecca when it comes to networking. Anything you want to do, there's somebody here in New, in New York that's doing it that you can leverage off, you can learn from. So um, if you're looking to achieve success, you know, how, what have I seen in Canada, what I have achieved success? I think I would have been okay. I think I would have been okay for myself, but I don't know at the level that, you know, America provides. You know, if I was in the Caribbean, I don't know what the, America, the level that America provides. I, you know, America just gives you that opportunity. And a lot of times we don't take advantage of it. We simply don't know the game on how to make money and how to achieve wealth in this country. There's a, there's a way in which to do it. And credit is probably, if not one of the biggest components of it, of achieving wealth and how to leverage that credit. You're not going to read meet any, hardly any people that says, oh, I became success overnight and I didn't use credit unless you know, Unless you have some special skill, talent, where at the end of the day, you're going to be working for somebody. You know, if you're a basketball player, at the end of the day, you're working for somebody earning a salary. You know, unless you have that special skill, talent, where it's very unique. And once it gets into math as well, where the demand for that, the demand to see Kevin Durant playing basketball every night is high. Millions of people want to see him playing basketball and the way he does it. So he has a special, special skill set. And because that skill set is so special and so hard to achieve, he is compensated for that. So it's like if I went on the court today and said, I'm playing basketball today at six o'clock at Wingate Park in Brooklyn, <clears throat> and I invited Fox News, ESPN to come out and watch me play basketball, I don't think too many people are going to come out. As great as I think I am, I don't think I'm going to draw the numbers that Kevin Durant is going to draw when he decides to go play basketball. Therefore, I'm not going to be paid as high. I probably won't be paid a dollar for people to go watch me play basketball at Wingate Park. So that's what makes it exceptional. Huh? Somebody say something? I said I'd give you a dollar. Okay, there you go. I made a dollar. <laughs> but and the same same thing goes when you look at musicians, when you look at specialized, there's people, there's there's techie guys that you know that work in Silicon Valley that Facebook will pay millions of dollars because maybe they're they have special coding skills, special unique. So many people making high salaries and high earnings is it comes down to simple supply and demand. They have a special skill that is in demand and deserves some kind of high financial return. And so even if you want to be a musician, you want to be a hip hop artist, you want to be, you know, like a basketball player, you have to understand is my skill set special enough, unique enough where I'm going to demand, where the public is going to demand a certain, or is willing to pay a certain amount of money to see me, you know, display my special skill or, or provide or want to hire me for my special services. Even with this financialistic program that Jeff and I teach, you know, it took us a while to build to even where people were willing to pay us to teach this because we had to, 
go through the trials and tribulations. We had to prove that our program is unique and we made it unique on purpose. Like there's nobody I would arguably say in this world that teaches financial literacy in the way in which we teach it. You know, I think uh, the difference is a lot of financial literacy programs talk about budgeting, saving, budgeting, saving, but Jeff and I truly believe that's only a component of achieving wealth. You have to know how to invest. You have to know how to believe in yourself. So there's a factors that we bring in that nobody else brings in. I think that's made our program, in my opinion, successful because we understand, you know, the human side of it. And we don't think that everybody should be learning financial literacy in the same manner. And then also we think our community, community of color, I, we believe that it, it, there's a lot of talented people in that community, but they just not taught the right things. And every time we teach this program, we always meet, you know, angels, special people that, Really, all they needed to do is understand this at a certain level, and they're off to the races. You know, Jeff has, from teaching this program, has driven upstate New York to help people, not to help, to assist with people that have taken our program, buy homes, buy multiple homes. I've seen people get real estate license. I've seen people change their career at trajectory. I've seen people that were doing not the right things in high school to turn their life around and say, you know what, I understand how, how you can make money doing things the right way and it's, it is less difficult, less risky and better returns. Well, we have seen lives change by teaching this program in the way we teach it. And that's where the passion comes from teaching it. So just to give you an idea of what we're going to be teaching, um, we can go to the, you can go to the, the next slide, Nigel, please. Okay. So we're going to be teaching, <clears throat> I think as I discussed in the last time, we're going to be teaching credit, which will spend about, well, let's call it sessions now. Uh, we'll spend about four sessions on that, three to four, maybe four, three to four sessions. Uh, and we're going to discuss everything you need to go about credit. And these lessons are for you to want to learn more, to want to seek knowledge, want to be like, so you have the basic under, you have the understanding of how these things work. And then you are intelligent enough to go figure the rest out on your own. We're planting the seeds throughout this program because we, you know, this could be, we can make this program into a four-year program if we really wanted to. Um, learning to live without, that's about wants versus needs for you to really understand what you want from what you need and not necessarily tell you no longer should you buy things that you want, only buy things that you need. No, it's just about being fine, responsible when doing so and understanding how to get your wants versus needs. Like, for example, the wealthy, let's just talk about the Jay-Z and Beyonce's. If Jay-Z goes into a restaurant in New York City and you go into the same restaurant in New York City, who's going to have the higher bill at the end of the day? Who's going to be paying more? Wait, what was the question? If you happen to go into the same restaurant as Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're sitting at a table across from you, you're sitting with your significant other or with your friends and family. At the end of the day, who's going to come back and have the higher bill? I say me. Why is that? Because they, I don't know, maybe because they are known more and they got more assets. Because they have more money, they're not going to pay? Is that what it is? No, 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 no. They got more assets, like, you know, like, Connect. Basically. They don't have a connection. They don't know anybody in the restaurant. They just walk in the restaurant like you and I. They sit down. Who's paying more? You or them? Nah, I, well, I think we'll pay more because they will have like a discount or something like that. Yeah. Why do they get a dis? Why do they get a discount? Good credit, maybe. Nah, I don't know Jay-Z's credit score. Do you? Yeah, Jay-Z's gonna, gonna pay more. Jay-Z's huh? gonna pay more. He has the money to pay for anything. Oh. So he has the money to pay for anything. Everybody agree that Jay-Z's, oh, show of hands, that Jay-Z's going to pay more than if you and I walk into the same restaurant and we have no connects. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, I strongly disagree because it comes down to economics. Like we just said, if Jay-Z walks into your restaurant, think about it, and he eats something and he writes a great review about it to his millions of followers and Beyonce, what does that do for your business? Boost. Boost. So why is he going? He's leveraging his popularity. He's leveraging who he is. So he's the rich and the wealthy like that pay for very little. If he puts on a jacket or shoot and he just strictly mentions it, their sales increase. So any owner, any restaurant that sees them walking is going to go head over heels for them, make sure they get the best service and not charge them anything because they know one review from them changes their life. That's right. They said that. The kids said that. He said they're going to pay more. They're not going to pay anything. No, he said he was going to pay more than Oh, he was going to pay more. Oh, my apologies. I thought they were going to pay more. My apologies. So you're absolutely right. I apologize. I apologize. So that's the reason. It's about leveraging your brand, understanding your brand. And the only difference between them and everybody on this call today is that they recognize their skill set at a probably much earlier age than you and I could. And they're able to leverage it and maximize it. And fortunately, and their skill set is in high demand. So it's for you to dig deep within yourself and say, okay, how, what is my special skill? What do I do different than everybody else? What do I do better than 90% of the people in this world? We all, God has given us all that gift where we do something better than everybody else. And what direction can I go to really max out that special talent that I have? And talent and what you like to do are not synonymous, unfortunately. Some people, like, and you see people like get burnt out and, you know, can't do it anymore because they not necessarily really liked what they're good at. You know, and a prime example may be, you know, the, the, the famous tennis player Naomi is her name, right? From, from Japan. You can tell she may love tennis, but she doesn't love everything that comes with it. She doesn't love the attention that it brings. She doesn't love that she has to speak in that. She just really, she's, a, she's an introvert and there's nothing wrong with that. So all that public scrutiny is something that she doesn't enjoy. And she's having a time, time figuring out, you know, doing something that she may, may or may or may not like anymore, but it's because it pays so well. Maybe she's having difficulty making that decision. Should she stick around or should she leave? So don't think because something that you love, because if there's something that I do, I love, I'd go right back to basketball. I would be, you know, playing for the Knicks. But unfortunately, my love for basketball doesn't match my skills on the court. But there's other directions I can go. Like I tell my son all the time, you know, he loves basketball. I said, you know, why don't you think about becoming a referee? And that's something we don't think about in our community. And it's an old gentleman's club. And it's a 40-year career. You're going to meet the LeBrons. You're going to meet the Michael Torians. You're going to meet the Kyries. And you're going to be able to give them technical fouls, kick them out the game if they're acting up. And you'll be around for, I don't, I don't and, you know. But as a youth, my son, who's 17, he just can't see it. And I know at 17, I couldn't see, stop playing basketball and go to referee camps in the summer. But if I had to do it over again, I would have tried my best to be an NBA referee. Um, so just to say that it's digging deep within yourself and understanding that, you know, what you may be good at may not necessarily be what you love. And that's a question you have to answer yourself. And I can't tell you, do you, do you follow what you're good at or do you follow what you love and understand weighing those options? But these are the things that are thought provoking things that I want you to think about through this program and then figure out, you know, a financial plan behind promoting whatever direction you decide to go in. And maybe you can combine them. Some people can't. Um, education. That's really about understanding the value of education. Not just like what your parents tell you, what everybody tells you, like go to school, do good in school. Understanding the financial returns that having a good education can bring. 
the lack of knowledge that an education can bring. You know, I didn't, I graduated in finance and marketing. And, you know, when I started working at Chase Bank as my first job, when I came to America, I was like able to leverage so much of what I learned in school towards the job that I was doing. And even today, like I'm always saying, that's economics 101, supply and demand. I mean, I learned that in economics and I, and I still apply those things to today to help me figure out even decisions business. Like if I'm going to buy a property, I'm like, what's the demand like going to be in this area for this property? You know, how much supply, how many other properties are available at this given price? And I'm just really putting in things that I've learned in school and applying it to making critical financial decisions. Um, next is attention to detail, which I think you young people really need to, to pay attention to. Because it's really about branding, social media, the effects of social media, how you can leverage Instagram, Facebook. That's probably passe for you guys. That's probably canceled. But Instagram and um, what's the other one called? Snapchat and all those other social Clubhouse. media platforms. Huh? Clubhouse. Yeah, Clubhouse as well. Yeah, how you can leverage those social media things, not only as a way to, you know, to speak and connect with others, but as a way to grow your brand. And understand that, you know, your first business is you. You are the owner of your, the entrepreneur, the sole proprietor of you yourself. And everything you put out there, every text you make, every group message you make is a reflection of you. You know, and employers, and I speak a lot, including myself, we Google your name and see what you have, see what's going on in your Facebook, see what's going on in your Instagram page, see what's going on in your other social platforms. And don't think that they're two distinct things like, Oh, because I, I'm just acting this way with my friends, but this is not who I really am. You're judged on your social media. You know, and it, it's not like the days where, you know, even when you leave this world, it's not going to be people are going to, people are not going to be looking through a photo album to remember. You're going to look at your social media and remember you by that. And even myself, my personal note to myself is anything I post in social media, I have to be okay with that. If my kids see it, I, I can, I don't have to explain it to them. I'm okay with them. You know, I don't want to live two worlds where I have this, this thing going on in my social media, I'm scared that one day my kids might read it and what they'll think of me or my great grandchildren or grandchildren will read it and what they'll think of me. I want to know that, you know, what my brand in the, in the public arena is something that they can be proud of and say that, you know, that was my dad, my grandfather, my great grandfather, et cetera. Um, and then the other thing we want to talk about is uh, no shame in your game. And it gets back to my original point of understanding that, you know, we're not here to tell you what to do. I mean, your generation, I think your generation Z or X, or whatever generation you may be or Y, um, you guys are the thinkers. You guys are the people that are going to lead us to the next big evolution, lead us to the new, you know, the better iPad, the new way to communicate, lead us to owning real estate on Mars and all those great things and traveling to, to outer space will be just like taking a, a coach flight to, to L.A., you guys are going to be leading all that. And we're just going to be sitting back there in awe, just so envious that you guys were able to take us to the next generate, to the next round forward as for humans. So it's not for me to tell you what to do and what's good or bad, because trust me, if someone came to me 30 years ago and gave me the idea of Facebook, I'd look at them like they're crazy. If someone came to me in the early nineties and said, all those CDs that you had, and I had a ton of them. My room was filled with CDs. We're going to be able to play it on something the size of a cell phone and you don't need all those CDs anymore. I look again like you're crazy. So once again, as young people, your mind is so much forward than my mind. So you don't let anybody dictate to you on how you see and perceive your life. It's just a matter of once again, having a plan, a financial plan, a strategy behind what these goals are, because they all need it. The Mark Zuckerbergs, 
the Elon Musk, the Steve Jobs, they all had like a quantitative measurement of where they needed to go. It wasn't just an idea without a strong financial plan and understanding. And you need to get there as well. And the next thing I want to talk about is uh, time. Time is your greatest asset. And, you know, I would give up everything if I could go back 20 years. Not that I made any critical mistakes, I would say, but just to have that time. And you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of your youth to make sure you plan the foundation properly and you make sure you set your goals right so that when you get to, you know, my age and my four, in your 40s, you're sitting there and everything is moving in the direction that you want it to be. And you really, I don't care what your situation is now, what you got going on. You can really plan a great future for yourself if you set the right financial goals, you have a wealth mindset, and you make sure you're, so, you're financially in, and it's socially responsible as well. So last thing leads to is that creating that wealth mindset. And once you have that wealth mindset, then I can guarantee this program can give you that wealth mindset so that every day-to-day decision you make, you, you have this quick way to think and like, is it worth it? Should I get it? Should I move this way? Should I move that way? What's my next move? This program will allow you to start planning those seeds and understanding how the wealthy think. Like back to the Jay-Z and Beyonce um, uh, example of them going into a restaurant. They're going into that restaurant knowing they're not going to pay, <laughs> believing they're not going to pay, understanding they have a special, if you listen to even Jay-Z's, all of his, a lot of his music talks about his, his, his mind wealth, where he's like, he knows he's a brand. He knows he earns for people. He knows he's supposed to get some kind of return. He has that business mindset that understands his worth and is willing to let people know in front of him, I have a worth, I have a brand, and there's a value, there's a cost proposition to it. So if you want to have a conversation with me, you have to understand it. And you are the same way. You have a value. You have a proposition that you can leverage. and You have to know and believe that I have to be able to leverage that when it comes to negotiating your salary, when it comes to how you are at work, when it comes to every course you take, if you're taking, if you're just taking a course just to say, I just need the credit for it, understanding, okay, if I'm putting time in, if I'm spending all these hours studying this, it better be practical. It better add value to my life. But what is the point? You know, um, let's go to the next slide. So we always want a little a take you back in time moment because I think it's important for, um, first of all, am I going too fast? Anybody have any questions? Let me just, sometimes I know I can talk a lot and I'll go off, but um, let me see. Let me just check, make sure everybody's with me. Just, you know, I like if you all send me messages so we know that. Just based off of the chat, it looks like we're going at a good pace. It doesn't seem like there are any questions. Okay, everybody's good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up if everybody's good, everybody's understanding. And feel free to ask questions um, if you want. If it's something you know that's going to be like a, a longer question to answer, we can, you know, we always leave a few minutes at the end of the class to ask the question that you may have. Um, but, you know, we, I try to keep it going because it's, it's, a, it's a tight hour. All right, so John, what we like to do this here, what we're going to go over right now, uh, as we look at the um, the different financial crisis that we we've been we've been endeavored over the twenty year span, you know, you we all see nine eleven as a major shift in everything that goes on in our country, the way the laws are, the way we go through airports. It just has such a great effect on the way we live. So that also had an effect on our economy as well. And so what we're trying to share with you is that 
each shift has its benefits as well as its drawbacks. So then, you know, as we go forward, you walk into these different e economic shifts with the market. When you had the, the, um, the housing market crisis as we went forward, and then you had all of these homes that were going under because people bought homes the wrong way, all right? They just bought and they were able to not have to give proof of anything, just fill out the form, sign their name, and presto, they were in a home. So that was another crisis that almost took the economy down. So that had its, that had its pluses and minuses, depends on what side of the coin you were on, as well as looking at the economy now and we're going through this pandemic. This is another shit, something that no one, at least not me, not anyone I knew, could say this is going to happen. We never, I was in Arizona the day they had their first person get off a plane in Arizona. I was in Arizona in 2019 visiting a friend and looking at this pandemic saying, oh my God, I think this thing is coming here. And on my way back to New York. So, I can tell you now that no one saw the magnitude of what this thing was going to do. Are there other shifts that are going to occur? Absolutely. But what you have to do as you move forward, being aware that there's two sides to everything and f finding out that, hey, if you were in, if you saw the pandemic coming and you had an understanding of Zoom, if you invested in Zoom, your money would have tripled. It would have skyrocketed because Zoom now brought people who were indoors together. As you can see, there's multiple things that made a lot of people money. There are multiple things that caused a lot of people to lose money. So these shifts occur all the time. And with this program, it, it depends on how you think and how you see yourself. I particularly see myself either one or two ways. Either I'm in control or I'm the victim. And I don't like being the victim. Have I ever been the victim? I've been the victim tons of times. I've been the victim when I had a laundry room in my, in my building and I was leasing it from a company and I was supposed to get 75% of the revenue. And I only got 25%. How? Because of trickery in the contract and fees. So robbery don't have to be with a weapon. It could be with words and the way they put fees together. So once I became aware and I had a strategy, I dissolved the contract, got the people out. Now I'm my own machines are all mine. I don't have to share with anybody. But was I robbed? I was robbed for four years out of um, the fees that I should have been getting. So my point is this, awareness of what's going on and how that can help you and benefit you, or you can avoid different crises is a big thing. And this is something that's always ongoing. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, so let me just take you back a little so you guys understand what, you know, even Jeff is alluding to as far as, you know, what I like to show you young people is that, you know, business, financial markets all have cycles. And I know when I, I moved to New York in 96, you know, we were going through this, what we call um, Y2K, meaning that, um, computers are switching from 1999 to 2000. And believe it or not, that was a huge thing. Companies are spending millions of dollars on, on this one thing because the computers weren't ready to switch to 2000. They were saying that 
it was going to ruin financial markets. Some things were going to crash and the whole world, people thought the world was going to end when we went from 1999 to 2000. And me coming straight fresh out of college, like hearing crisis, you know, when I was younger in college, I, you know, I pay attention to the news, but I wasn't really paying attention to it the way, you know, I did when I started working. Um, so we, we were like, you know, very concerned. And as a young person, even in today's market with COVID, everything going, I think COVID is much more concerning than the Y2K was. I am sure a lot of you are concerned. So what I want to do is just settle you and understand that in down markets is where opportunity is made. There are people from, you know, that are going to be like, you know, the Elon Musk, the Mark Zuckerberg, those young, they were part of the 2000s. Now it's 2020. There's a new set of revolutionaries, multi-billionaires that are coming out of the world and they're going to come out of the pandemic is when you're. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. See them come out. And there's opportunity for you as a young person to understand that, you know, in these down markets is where you're actually seeking opportunity. And it gets back to, you know, buying it when the market is low and selling when the market is high. So just giving a snapshot, when we talked about 9-11, I was actually in um, the World Financial Center, heading to, to the World Financial Center. I was in the World Trade Center coming off the subway because the subway went into the World Trade Center when the first plane hit. And um, when the first plane hit, I mean, the whole world was shook. I mean, I was obviously right there, so I was, I was, I was shook. And you know, personally, I didn't know when, how would America would ever recover from something like this? You know, and initially, 
Um, the stock market was closed down for a week. I mean, that's huge. I mean, you, you, you probably will never see that again in a lifetime where they actually close the market because of a major catastrophe. And then, you know, when the market the Dow fell by 7%, and if you don't know, we're talking about a little more, the stock market is really an indicator of the health of an economy, how strong it is, depending on the market's going up and down. So the market dropping 7% was once again a huge drop and, and people didn't know when and when, how we'd recover. But I'll tell you this, um, we recovered in a few weeks. And by the end of 2001, the GDP gross domestic product actually increased. That means like the economy became robust again. The economy increased by 1%. And I always say America is a very robust economy, meaning that it can handle a lot. Of, it can take a lot of blows, a lot of punches, and it bounce back. So even after 9-11, um, we, we were resilient. And we, we came back from a crisis that we're, you, we're still mourning today, you know, so just to let you know, and then in 2008, you know, I was in the middle of this. This was like the great, the global financial crisis. And I was arms deep in real estate. For those that don't know me, I worked a few years on Wall Street. I also buy and sell real estate and I own a logistics business, shipping business. So I was, I was flipping what they said. I was buying, fixing, selling, buying, fixing, selling, getting these mortgages that in, you know, how it started and how this crisis happened in a nutshell is that in 2000, usually to qualify for a mortgage, you have to do a full disclosure document, meaning that you have to show what your credit score is, you have to show your place of work, you have to show steady income. But back in those days, the market was so hot, you just had to show, you just had to show, you had to have a good credit score and stated income, meaning you could just tell the bank, I make $60,000 a year. You'd have to prove how you did it, why you did it, and you would get a mortgage. And they would give me these mortgages that were called um, adjustable rate mortgages, meaning that you get a lower rate, what we call a teaser rate almost, to lock in that mortgage. And after five years, the rate would jump up to, a, you know, usually a rate that's extremely high. And what people, lack of education, didn't take our program, people were signing these types of deals for houses, not understanding that their rate is going to adjust. Simple thing like that. So that means you could be making a payment of $1,000 a month. And then after five years, your payment could triple to $3,000 a month. And what one person figured out is that, everybody's rate is adjusting in and around the same time and they couldn't afford the new payment that was going to come along. So when that happened, the economy hit fell because if people are making their mortgage payments, it's a, it's a snowball effect to other things that which caused the economy to crash. Unemployment in 2009 reached as high as 10%. And think about what that is to today. Today, they're begging people to come work. <laughs> there's so many, there's an oversupply of jobs. But back then, there was hardly any jobs. So think of how the mindset, think of the opportunity that you have now that you can get out there and really demand certain wages, demand a certain job because people are looking to hire, all right? What did the government do? Similar to what they did during COVID time last year, the government started doing bailouts and stimulus. So for these young people, that will be new words. You're like, oh, the government's sending us check, the government stimulus check. No, a lot of times it's just repeating things that are already tried in the past. And, you know, so the government, once again, gave out a stimulus check. I got a stimulus check in 2008. So I'm sure Mr. Mr. 850 got one as well. You know, they were bailing companies out. They were like companies, a big quote was, they're too big to fail because we, these companies closed down. They're, all the employment, employees are going to be laid off. A bunch of, you know, they, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause, once again, the economy to further worsen. Um, they came out with a making homes affordable thing. The government bought out a lot of dilapidated, unfinished property to try to finish them off or give those building construction companies incentives to finish off the construction, 
charge them at a more reasonable rate. And uh, this took a little bit longer than 9-11, but after four years, again, once the beautiful robust of the American economy that we were, things recovered, you know, the market experienced significant strength. Um, we shattering growth expectations. Now we're growing again. And then all of a sudden now we get to 2019 and we're hitting hit with a pandemic. Let's go to the next one. Nigel. Okay. So similar to what happened now, we had a pandemic and, you know, um, basically we all know in a nutshell what happened with the pandemic, you know, a virus started um, and it just spread throughout the, the world. And it caused, you know, really for the world to be on standstill, which I, if anybody conceived that I could have never conceived that, you know, we'd be working from home, nobody would go anywhere, the markets would just stop. Um, the government, once again, I think, I, I think they did a good thing. They did the same thing they did in 2008. They came out with a stimulus package. Um, they came out with giving people, small businesses money, including my small business, to help keep the economy going. They said it's better to help small businesses keep staff versus staff having to be laid off and apply for unemployment, then reapply for positions relearn their trade, relearn their job. It's better, easier to keep them on the job to keep the economy going. And then what happened was during the, during the pandemic, people just switched their purchasing habits. No longer were they, you know, walking into stores to order things or going into restaurants to eat. They were doing takeout. They were ordering online, they, but they had the money to then continue to buy, continue to purchase, continue to stimulate, stimulate the economy. Like I mentioned earlier, this is how new millionaires, new billionaires, new Eli Musk, new Mark Zuckerbergs arrive because now there's new problems to solve. You know, money is being dispersed in a different direction. So maybe the guy that has a better way in which to deliver food, some 20-something-year-old young individual figures out, hey, we can do it this way versus what was done before. He's going to be the next new Facebook. Maybe somebody else, a younger person figured out, hey, there's a better way in which to serve food or, better, or there's utensils that I can provide that are more convenient that will help during this pandemic. And this is what spawns up new thinkers, new innovators. So you young people now, your brain should be going like, okay, things are shifting. How can I, you know, making money is about how can I solve a problem? You know, as an entrepreneur, you're thinking about how do I solve a problem? Even when you're at work, when you're in meetings, you know, I always learn you work on meetings that are going to solve problems. That's how you get ahead through the corporate ranks. How do I solve a problem? How can I be intuitive enough, smart enough to figure out how this problem solved and then bring in the key players drive that initiative forward so back to what i'm trying to tell you is that this is a, this is a beautiful time to learn financial literacy because it's a huge set of opportunity out there for you to take advantage of and you know so where are we now today with the pandemic let's talk about where we are today the government has stopped issuing you know unemployment benefits stimulus payments have come down to a minimum now and what happens now everybody now is you know going back to work to the point now that there's so many jobs out there. You know, last month, 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs and switched to do other things because the, it did, the market is in favor of the employee versus the employer. You know, so now is a time where people are shuffling, figuring out, okay, well, there's certain things I need. I need better benefits. I need work-lifestyle balance. I need, you know, not be things as a, an employee should be on salary. Here's the things that I need that is going to give me what I'm looking for, the advantages that I need. And you as a young person be thinking now when I'm looking for employment, uh, when I'm looking to further my career, the direction I'm going, what are, the, what are my needs? What are the things that I need to do to, make, to bring success and happiness to me? 
And how do I grow my wealth? Because this is the time to start thinking about wealth, growth, and wealth mindset. Um, let's go to the next page. And even now, consumer confidence is getting better out there because people are now seeing that, hey, we're being vaccinated. This is, you know, nothing to do with, I don't want to get into the argument, vaccination for unvaccinated versus vaccinated. That's, you know, a personal choice. But what I'm saying is that people being vaccinated, less infections, infections are down. They were peaked as high as a quarter of a million, 250,000 Americans were getting uh, diagnosed with COVID. That created fear. And from fear, it creates a habit. It creates a, a change. So that change made everybody stay at home, not want to go anywhere, everybody masking up. But that number has dropped from 250,000 to last month, I think it's 70,000 new cases a day. That's almost, that's a third, less, more than a third of, um, of number of daily cases. So what does it do? It, you see the results of Halloween. I was out with my kids for Halloween on Sunday and it was packed. People were just celebrating life. You know, people just felt good to be able to be comfortable to go outside and trick or treat with their young ones and just feel a sense of we're going to get, we're, we're getting over the hill here. So what does that do again? It spurts the economy, it gets things moving again. And, you know, we've gotten a position where like, there's no looking back, there's no turning back because, you know, your grandfather or grandmother that was going to the grocery store every week to buy groceries are now having their groceries delivered to their home, are now having the groceries delivered to their home. So, and then now instead of, you know, shopping, going shopping at malls, they're like, well, you know, I can do this online and be successful with it. So it's changing the way in which we do business, the way in which we um get service, goods and services. And that change, once again, sparks an opportunity that you need to think about and consider. How do I adjust my lifestyle? What should I be studying in school? Like, you know, what business should I be taking now to that can adjust to this new lifestyle? Because this is not going away. This is going to be the new human behavior and how we do business and how we live. And, you know, COVID helped just speed it, in my, person, person, in my personal opinion, speed it up the process. So I want to get into now, tell us how you feel. I want some people to speak and tell me, I don't like to call out names, but I will if I have to, you know, just what are your general financial concerns? And the reason why I ask this is because it helps, you know, Jeff, myself, Rachel, Nigel, all of us, when we meet weekly to figure out, okay, how do we tailor this program and understand, you know, the listeners financial concerns? Because I, what I think your concern may be may not necessarily be a concern. There may be things that once again, I'm old that I didn't even consider. I didn't even think about that could be concerning you guys. So I just need you to kind of, Help us and tell us some of the concerns that you may have. Um, unnecessary spending. A little more description as to what that means. Like, um, like spending or spending stuff, things that I want and not that I need, or spending too much. That's a concern for you. Yeah. And so, what? How are you tackling that? What are you doing to, to, to like address that concern? Um, I'm being more aware of how I spend things. Okay. And why do you have that concern? You're just fearful of where, th- where things are going or it's just something you've always had? Nah, it's where things are going. Like, I don't want to end up broke. And do you like where things are going right now? How do you see your future? Well, as of right now, I'm looking, like, I'm being more aware of things I should spend on. So, um. I feel like it's going good. Okay. And how do you feel like the overall economy? How do you feel things are going in America? For yourself, as a young person, you see yourself a lot of opportunity out there for you, or do you see yourself as like not knowing? You saw a lot of opportunity. 
Do you see a lot of opportunity out there for yourself? Oh, yeah. Good, good. And you should. You should be, in this market, you should be aggressive. You know, the news has us sometimes feeling like there's no hope, but the rich and the wealthy are looking at this time as great times. Like even for me personally, I refinanced all the properties I had to get lower interest rates. I'm trying to acquire more properties. I'm trying to be very aggressive in the market because I just look at this as a time of great opportunity. Everything, to me, America is on sale. You've also got some other questions in there, Sean. Some folks that are concerned about- Let's read them out. Let's read them out. Those that ask the question, I'm going to call your name out. You can read out your question, all right? So a couple about rent, a couple about having bad credit, struggling, living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, let me try to open up this chat. Sorry, sometimes it's hard for me to multitask the chat, the questions with... uh, Right, well, can I, can I just jump in here real quick? We're going to go over a lot of the things that deal with credit as we go forward. But just to give you uh, a, a little bit of information on that, as you, the moment you wake up and look at your phone or if you're online and you say, oh, let me see what those Jordans cost, all of a sudden it shows up on your phone. It shows up on every website you're on. You're seeing sneakers. Or if you're looking at any item you need the algorithm the algorithm now knows to put that item in front of you all the time so this is a 24 7 365 days a year ad that you're bombarded with and they want to get in your head on anything that pushes your button and and concern with the word consumer you 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 are the consumer and that is something you have to learn to control because the whole, my whole premise of the way society is as we go forward through this class is that they want to make you addicted to buying as much as possible. And you have to fight that urge to go out and get these things when you're young because your, your premise has to be, I want to be ahead, not behind. And the, the whole purpose of our class is to help sharpen that that idea in your head to say, I have to have discipline not to go spend money just because I want something. It doesn't have a purpose. I should not be buying. And let me, I, let me address some of these real quick for you guys. Like Jeff, Mr. Ephraim, said, a lot of you are going to go through in the program, but they're great, great, great. There are concerns that need to be addressed. I'm going to go from the bottom up. So not enough income, too much debt. Okay. One thing I want you to understand, you're absolutely right. You know, match and try to earn. You can come and manage your debt. But I don't want you to think in this program that debt isn't good. There's good debt and there's bad debt. You know, I have personally right now, I have millions of dollars in debt, but 99% of it is all real estate driven. And if I have, you know, what I could call tenants paying that debt and managing it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And to understand in order to achieve wealth, you you must understand debt and how to manage it. There's something called debt management. So one thing it's also that's a misconception is, about the idea that debt has a negative tone to it, negative connotation to it. It's not a negative thing if you if it's managed correctly. You know, the rich mindset, the wealth mindset, another team, the wealth mindset is your money is your money to spend, to use somebody else's money to make money. And that's a matter of how well you leverage debt and how you're able to manage it and where you are investing it. So, and that gets back to what somebody mentioned earlier today, which is the word assets, understanding what true assets are, you know, the ring on your finger, if someone could call it an asset, 
But, you know, I look at how easy is it converted into cash? How can I leverage it to grow versus, you know, so those are things I want you to understand about as far as debt. And income is a component that needs to be worked on as well. But it's equally as important as debt management. You know, net income, does anybody know the formula for net income? It's revenue minus expenses, correct? So let's just do a quick math. I'm a quantitative thinker. So net income means, in net income, how much income you have, it's revenue minus expenses. So if I make $100 and my expenses, and I have no expenses, what is my net income? Can anybody answer that? $100. Okay, let's just say I, make, I still make the same $100, but my expenses are $50. What is my net income? Okay. If I make $100 again, but my debt, my expenses, sorry, are $200, what is my net income? Zero. Negative. No. Negative 100. So there's difference between revenue. Revenue is how much money you bring in, but income is how much money you get after your expenses. Very important thing to understand. So let me ask this. If I still bring in the same $100, but my expenses are only $25, what is my net income? $75. So what is a lesson learned? That you can control your income by managing your expenses. Understand? Your net income can stay the same. But if you manage your expenses, if you're, so your revenue can stay the same. But if you manage your expenses, your net income can increase. You get it? Yeah. So like every January. So, you know, with myself, I have my store, I own three buildings and I have my personal expenses. I call my January month like clean house. I go through every single one of my expenses in January. I'm always looking at them throughout the year, but I really go in specifics. Like I look at my cable bill. What am I paying for? What kind of channels am I getting? Do I need all these channels? I look at my cell phone bill. You know, what are all the amenities I have on my cell phone bill? I look at, you know, my insurances. You know, that's a great way to save money. Like, you know, I'm, my home is with State Farm. My car is with Geico. State Farm called me, like, long story short, and said, hey, we can induce your monthly um, car insurance car insurance payment by half. I was like, okay, let's do it. I called Geico to cancel. Geico was like, oh, let's put us onto your special team because we don't want to lose you as a customer. Geico was able to beat State Farm's um, insurance quote. My insurance, no, no word of a lie, dropped $250 a month. And I'm still with Geico and I still have the same level of insurance that I had by just State Farm offering me something, Geico trying to keep me as a business, trying to keep me as a client. So I check out my insurances. I check out every single, even things that I don't think I can save on. I just revisit it and find ways in which I can cut costs. And I have never in the 20 something years I've been doing this in the month of January, I have always cut my expenses by a minimum of 20% by what I call cleaning house. So what is, what does that do? To, even if I make the same amount of money as I did in the previous year, does my net income go up? Yes. No. Yes. Right. And that's the wealth mindset. Wealthy people understand it. Like they have budgeting years tax. Cut, that's where they budget. They know that I can make more. I'm just as much amount of money, even if I don't make more money, but I manage my expenses. And a lot of us think, to make money, you have to, to, to become rich, to be, earn income, you have to keep making, making, making money. There's some times where you're not going to be able to make the money, but you can manage your expenses. And people don't 
manage, pay attention to expenses as much as they focus on trying to make more money. I need to make more money. I need to get paid, but they don't manage their expenses correctly. And even myself, that's why I have to make sure every once a year, I take the time to go through every line and look for what I call opportunities. Um, future thinking and planning. Great, great, great thing to think about. You know, I think as a young, as a person, as a being, you have to have purpose and reason to wake up every day. If you're just going through the motions of life, then you're, you're not understanding the true meaning of life. Once you have purpose, once you have meaning, once you never stop dreaming, like, you know, this whole program started with me teaching. No, it started with me 2016, trying to just, my friend asked if I could teach some finance courses to his summer camp students. And it blossomed into this. And even a step further with Rachel and her team, like, you know, we love the program. We love the, what you do. Let's dig deeper with, let's dream to make sure that every high school student is taught financial literacy. Let's figure out some deep dive specialized programs. Instead of me just being comfortable, like, no, Rachel, Nigel, Raymond, I'm good. You know, this is good. This is what this program is. This is all we're doing. And that's it. We're in and we're out in eight weeks. We are like, yes, we can go deeper with it. We can get better with it. It's me accepting constructive criticism, accepting people's opinions and tearing and digging into something that is very close to me and understanding that, you know, these people have my best interest and know that if I listen and I accept their recommendations, and ideas and work to collectively together to see we can make something a lot more robust. And, you know, that's the part of life and dreaming and growing and not trying to be always the smartest person in the room, not understanding constructive criticism, understanding your mission. As long as it sticks with your purpose and your mission, you should welcome criticism and look to move forward. Um, credit concerns. We are going to get deeper and better into credit throughout this program. I'm going to teach you how to leverage credit, how to make credit work for you, how to make it your friend where you should come out of here understanding debt and good debt and bad debt and not be scared of the number as long as you can manage it. Um, unnecessary bills, we just talked about that. And like Jeff and I said, it's not about when he mentioned wants versus needs. He's not telling you not to want certain things, but understanding how to do it better, You know how to make your dollar work in multiple ways rather than just one way. Um, I think I've answered a lot of them. How much time do we have left? I know we're over for five o'clock, but we start a little bit late. Yeah, How much time do we have, Rachel? Over. We're just a How much little time over. Yeah, we're over time. We're over time. Thank we're over time. Can I add one little quick thing um, to everyone here? As as young people, um, you have your learn you have your learning stage, which you're all in now. Then you add on to the learning stage, the earning stage, which goes all the way to you retired. And then you have your retirement stage, which the stage, that's the stage I'm in. I'm fully retired. I can sit home all day and just watch Netflix 24-7, and it doesn't affect how my bills get paid or how my lifestyle is. But I'm, I can't help it. I love what I do with real estate. I love messing around, creating new types of ways to make money. And this is what I like to do, along with helping Sean. So you got to be really aware that you're in the learning stage. Don't mess up the learning stage. Learn, learn, learn. I'm still learning. Get your vision board intact. As he said, you want a plan. So we're going to now go into that a little bit before I guess we, we, um, we, we log off. All right, yeah, sure. we're going to go to the next slide. And one of the things that we talked about in our meeting over the summer, we want to do is give you guys homework. <laughs> so this may be your one year. This could be your possibly your first homework assignment. This is leading into um, financial literacy, the definition. 
Financial literacy, I'm going to read it verbatim, is the possession of the set of skills and knowledge that allows an individual to make informed and effective decisions with all of their financial resources. The goal is to ensure that you change the way you think about money by allowing money to assist you in achieving your life goals and choosing the way you choose to live. So when you look at this, um, the pictures that I have, these are pictures of, you know, things that I want or I'm trying to do in my life, right? Um, for example, the picture of my house in the middle, you know, I'm into real estate, love real estate, the yoga stretch, I'm into, you know, being healthy, wealth, well, healthy, you know, wealth and health go hand in hand with me. You see a lot of family pictures and of students that I've taught because I love being around my kids. and I love teaching um, CrossFit. I love making sure that I stay in shape and I want to meet people of influence. Hence why you see me with Obama. Um, so I want you to have your vision board and think about, you know, what you want to do, where you want to see yourself go. And then we drive your financial goals, your fi wealth mindset around what you want to do. You know, I've been selfish. I've made my business, Nick that direct, my logistics business, my financial literacy, these are things that I love to do. And I made a business around it. And I put my lifestyle around it. So I want you to do the same for you when you're thinking of what your life goals are. And don't worry about the money it'll bring for now. Just figure out what the goals are. And we'll start off on Thursday discussing what some of these goals are and then get into talking about credit. All right. So that's the homework, right? Like make a vision board, write down your goals, share that with your internship coordinator. Yeah. Yep. And when you come online, when you sign in before even when before even say a word, I want everybody to type in quickly in the chat group in one to two sentences. We don't need a book. We'll give you three sentences. What your life goals are. You should be able to sum it up so you know what it is on a day-to-day -day basis. So I need you to write it down and put it in so we can start talking about it from Thursday. Don't limit yourself. May you repeat that, please? Sure. Um, I need you to think about what your life goals are and base it around like how I did of things that I want to do and like to do and enjoy doing. You know, you see me with family, um, real estate, um, working out, yoga, influential people, my podcast. I want you to put things in. It doesn't have to be something you're doing currently, something you envision that you want to do. And then our goal will to make sure we put, put the wealth mindset behind it and drive it with financial literacy. And so tomorrow on Thursday's class, I don't even want to have to ask. I want everybody to like in the chat in one to three sentences, write down what their goals are. And it doesn't, don't think it has to be money driven. Just write down in general what their goals are. So we're asking folks to bring their goals next week or right now you're saying put that in the chat. No, Thursday. Cause we're going to, we're going to Thursday. We're right. All right. Like, yeah. And people are asking to do it in the doc. I think if you do it in a doc for Thursday. Yeah. If you want to do it before, that'd be great. We can review yep. them. It'd be great to be able to read them. If you want, what should be the deadline? I would love to get them by like maybe tomorrow, four or five o'clock. So I have a time to absorb. Yeah. End of day tomorrow. Does that make sense? Everybody agree with that? Jeff, you agree with that? Ray. Now, Sean, we usually do give a little more time for our assignments. We usually give students um, till the end of the week to, to, to complete it. But, but we could definitely touch base on the side and see what what's plausible for everybody. Especially soon. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, we can definitely touch base on the side. Um, but we did also have a, another assignment that we were going to try to um, introduce and, and just talk a little bit more about at the end. Okay. So it's TB. Is, so is there, is it, it's due Thursday or are we going to still, you guys going to talk about them with your leaders and let me know. Mm -hmm. um, 
Not, I mean, this one in regards to the conversation, continuing the conversation on Thursday, I think that in regards to like thinking about this and jotting this down in the notebook, um, I think that's that definitely is possible as well. And then in regards to the other assignment, um, we can take a couple of minutes to just discuss it. And then um, for the email and the recording, just um, supplement that as well. I want to add real quick, all of us should have a vision board in order to turbocharge our life. If you don't have a vision board versus someone who does have a vision board, you're standing still while they're moving in a much faster trajectory to where they want to be. So if you're here in 2022 coming in in January with your vision board and you move forward with that, come 2023, you'll look back at your friends and say, hey, guys, why are you all, all the way back there? And they'll say, well, we don't have a vision board. We don't know where we're going or why we're doing what we do. We don't have a purpose. So I keep a vision board. My kids keep a vision board. My wife keeps a vision board. I mean, we're vision board crazy in my home. And what's nice about it is that they vision themselves out the house. So they no longer live here. So that's- So a we could make idea. that into like incorporate that into one of our assignments. Right. I just, like I know it's already- It's a whole workshop to do a vision board. Right. To the complicated as you narrow your focus, but that in itself is we can have just a general vision of where you see it doesn't have to be pointed to every single detail. We just need to have some of your ideas that flow freely and you always keep a pad. So when ideas flow of, of what you can do, you write it down so you don't forget it. So I think we can yeah. work with the internship coordinators and create that into an assignment for you know, part of the class. I also, just, I know it's already almost 5.15. Nigel, do you want to say what the assignment is that you guys had come up with? Oh yeah, so um, we were just going to say that via email afterwards, seeing that the essence, in the essence of time, seeing that we are already over time, um, via email, everyone will receive uh, a message that has, of course, once the video has finished downloading after the recording is done, um, we'll forward over the message. That I mean, the email that has the recording and then also has a link to a Google form that has about five questions just in regards to just review of what happened today. Um, a lot of the questions are just asking for your feedback and um, for you to just highlight some of the points that uh, stood out to you. And then also any questions and interest that you have for future conversations. Um, so your internships coordinators, your internship coordinators will follow up with an email to just send it out to everyone. And I do want to remind students that our assignments are never going to be difficult, right? We're never trying to stump you with the questions. It's more so ensuring that you took in the information from today or we'll be building towards future goals like this cool uh, vision board assignment that we just went, uh, went over. Exactly. No math problems. I promise. No <laughs> math problems. No, no scientific equations. No, no DBQs. Straight to the point, y'all. Thank you, guys. All right, good people. Thank you, guys. Um, so back again on Thursday. This, yeah. See you guys on Thursday. You can send a quick chat if you enjoyed the class and you, you, you thought so I can review, review it. And, you know, I, I, I welcome constructive criticism. And Adam, I see you on. And Adam is also a member of our team as well. Adam, you can say hi real quickly. Um, sorry, I just saw you on. But um, Adam's a part of the financial clean team as well. How are you, Nice to meet everybody. I work with Sean on the team. I work it up. Been every year in investment banking. Um, so I've been in the industry as well, and, you know, financial literacy and kind of teaching and being a part of it. Something I've, you know, really always enjoyed doing as well. Well, so looking forward to working with you all uh, over the coming weeks. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, it's good to have you back with the group, Adam. Come on, Adam.
What's up, Adam? Right, Thank you. Um, Rachel, can we have a quick call after? I just want to talk about the logistics. I actually have another so, call at 515. I'm sorry, but can I call you when that one's over? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, I'll call you when that one's over. Okay, guys. All right, thank you, guys. Have a great day, everybody. Have Shout a great out to night, all the everybody. students. Thursday, yes. Great Thanks, participation everybody. today. Okay. Right, yeah, really good. It was excellent. Thank you, guys. That was really good. Yes, truthfully. Thank you so much once again, financially team. Financial thank you team. That was almost team, a, exactly. a tongue twister. <laughs> we're passing the we're passing engagement. You guys Thursday. Have a blessed All right. Yes. All right. Have a blessed All, right. All right. You too. All right, guys. Bye. We'll see you Thursday. All right. I'm yeah. going to end Bye. the report. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.